0: Ah, welcome I to Fishing Without Bait, whether you've got it by accident or on purpose, you've stumbled into our little corner of the world where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. There are no admission fees, only the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. If you have a few pixie dust sprinkles of those, welcome aboard. Jump on the bus, let the adventure begin. And as always, I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as promised, we offer an eclectic roster of guests, talented individuals who have got from there to here. And as everyone knows out there, we enjoy talking about recovery stories, inspirational type of starmanettes that help people understand how to get things done, then let them show how to get things done. And today, we're joined by our friend, uh, Tim Vitula. Hey. Tim, welcome aboard. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: So if uh, you had to describe yourself, if let's say there was aliens came down and they picked a representative from the human race and Tim was representing the human race and you had to make a case for humanity based on you, what would you say? Uh,
1: probably a little bit of a workaholic, um, sometimes a little uh, artsy-fartsy and creative, other times very analytical. Um, yeah I like to use both side of both sides of my brain uh, and probably work them a little too hard sometimes.
0: <laughs> okay. well, I would generally ask people, Tim, do you know the difference between right and wrong?
1: A great question. um I try to make decisions definitely that I
0: think are right. Do you have a moral compass tim Cer- certainly yeah okay. yeah. Can you be dependable? Yeah, I think so. Can you tell the truth? yeah. Can you treat people with courtesy and respect? I believe so. Those are the five greatest attributes that a human being can have. Yeah. So I think that having you as a representative of the human race, I think we'd pass. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> so as we, we've had Tim before on a previous episode, however, the translations of Tim's ability was lost uh, via the virtual type of streaming event that we have. So tell us a little bit about your early background in your life, Tim
1: if you want to go way back, I started playing music when I was in grade school and, you know, taking piano lessons. Um, and now that you're in the flesh, you can see like football was probably not in my future. Uh, I could have been maybe the goalpost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, sports in general. And that was definitely, it's funny kind of walking around. Like I grew up in that age of like WWF, WWE and all those things. So we have all these, these artifacts around, um, yeah, and again, similarly, that was not, you know, I wasn't overtaking anybody with, you know, being the tent pole that I am. Um, so that was one of the first things, really, that was like, hey, I'm not too bad at this. This, this you know, I, this is fun, and it's not frustrating, and it's not, um, you know, I feel like everybody else is better than me, and I'm, you know, not able to do it. Um,
0: so who recognized and who realized that you had some talent towards
1: I probably, by my piano teacher, definitely, he he was very encouraging and he was excited that I was excited about, you know, taking piano lessons as a young kid. Um, yeah, and it was really nice, like it was always, um, I just got a lot of positive feedback, I, I remember, and just was always very dutiful about, like how it would always go is you would show up and you would have a week to learn one or two or three or however many pieces. And then you'd show up the next week and you'd have to play it through, you know, I think it was like twice, you know, and you'd have to get through the whole thing twice and kind of keep time or whatever.
0: Okay. So how did that play out with the, you in school being with the neighborhood kids? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. It definitely helped give me, you know, a sense of identity and, a, you know, just a, a an avenue to explore that wasn't, um, that there weren't caveats to that. It was really just wide open, and it, it was something that I was excited about. And definitely, like getting older, you know, as you get into your teenage years, and everyone's so desperately trying to find identity and their tribe and everything. Uh, that that was a great way to, to you know, have something that that hey, there are other people who are interested in this, and I'm, you know, not awful at it, and you're not awful at it, and we can talk about it and, and connect on that level.
0: Well, one of the best ways to increase self concept and self esteem, Tim is to do something that you do well and keep doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely has, has been, you know, now that I'm in my thirties, um, yeah, just a constant since then. It's always been a big part of my life and it's, it's helped, um, as a, as a grounding thing, as a relaxation tool, as a, a spark for creativity, as a motivator, uh, and other aspects of my life. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, I, I love music, so it, you know, maybe I'm not the best source to ask, but I, I mean, I, I just, the virtues of it and, and what it's helped me do in my life are, you know, boundless.
0: Well, I have heard you play Tim and I'm quite impressed. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> However, you. you have to have some confidence in your abilities.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's been nice. Um, it, it's been nice to, uh, now I perform under my own name. Whereas, you know, for most of, you know, growing up and everything, I played in somebody else's band or uh, have played on other people's records or done things um, on their own, um, under their name or under a, a fictitious name. And that's been a, a thing like later in life to go out and do something under my own name and, and get positive feedback from it to to build that self-confidence of, hey, what I'm doing is is worthwhile. And you know, all the time I've put in is,
0: really and it doesn't matter what you're doing, Tim. Whether you're washing windows, pulling turnips, playing the piano, playing the guitar, uh, the confidence is a big part of that. Yeah, I agree. There's an old joke, Tim, that uh, someone was traveling in New York City, and they stopped at a corner and yelled out, and "says How do I get to Carnegie Hall?" And the person said, "Practice." Yeah. <laughs> so you just don't show up on a stage and play. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure so tell us about the how, how meaningful practice is and how that plays forth in the action and effort in your career
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um, you know for me it's it's kind of twofold and practice has really been uh, important for me the first um, you know I'm not sure if somebody pointed it out to me or I noticed it myself whatever it was, just looking around, everybody plays a little bit of guitar or, you know, a lot of musicians or a lot of people play a little bit of guitar um, and kind of realized, hey, if I want to do this, I I really need to stand out. I need to bring something to the table that is special that not everybody else can do. And that's how I'm going to get jobs and how I'm going to get work uh, as a guitarist. Um, instead of people saying, oh, well, why don't you come do this instead? Or why don't, you know, yeah, I, I do that. So I need somebody else who does something else. So, um, so that, that was really important. And, uh, and, and really it was very satisfying when that paid off and I I was able to get a lot of work as a guitar player because of that
0: practice. Well, there's an old saying in the 12 step world that you can never polish the apple bright enough.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's true. It's true. It's, it's a lifelong journey. Uh, with the guitar and with music.
0: So, what was the transition from piano to guitar, Tim?
1: Uh, whenever I got older, I mean that—that's kind of the thing. You're—you're you're a teenager, and you know, whenever you're seven, eight years old, you know, your life's pretty simple, which is great. Um, but you know, it, some of the neighborhood kids started playing guitars, and you know, uh, the opposite gender started taking notice of that. And I remember uh, very distinctly sitting with my my friend at the time because. He played uh, the drums in the band. It's in school band, and I was taking piano lessons. And uh, you know, everybody was all wound up about these kids down the street who had started a band. Yeah. Everybody was excited. We kind of looked at each other like uh, Butch Cassidy, like uh, "You can do that. I I can do that. Like, yeah, let's. Why don't we give it a try?" And then and then the rest was history. And for me, the 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 thing is really um, guitar to me makes sense. <laughs> in a way that not a lot of other things do and not that like i know it better than anybody not to imply that just whenever i look at it and like learn new things a lot of times it's like it it seems like well of course that would be how it goes like that it just like how my brain works and how the guitar is laid out just really makes sense to me and it's something that um whereas piano especially as i got you know, kept taking lessons later and later it started getting hard.
0: <laughs> so who did you emulate?
1: Um, early on, um, like the, the first, the first record that was like, Hey, I really, that's what I want to do. I remember we were, we were kind of playing my, my friend and I growing up and, uh, he, he played drums. So he had the drum set. So we played at his house, obviously, because you want to haul a drum set, you know, everywhere sure. you wanted to go. Um, and we were playing kind of the music of the day. It was like the 2000s. So like that kind of like, you know, Green Day, like 182, uh-huh. and all those things that were on the radio at that time. And uh, his dad came down and his dad played a little bit of guitar. And uh, he said, yeah, okay, okay. You guys are starting to figure it out a little bit and this is cool, but here's like the real stuff. This is like, this is the stuff you got to play. And he put on Black Sabbath's Paranoid oh, LP. Yeah yeah and as like a, a 14 year old kid, it was just like,
0: yes, like
1: that's exactly what I want to do okay <laughs> everything about it it was just it was you know it it starts out that record starts out there's like a like a blast siren going off as like yes. the band's like kicking in, and it was it was this something so much bigger than anything I'd ever heard on the radio to that point, any song I'd ever played on the piano to that point or anything like that it was it was this huge thing so so that and that kind of led me down into classic rock in my kind of very early upbringing and it also helped my my parents always had a rule in the house which you know in hindsight is hilarious but <laughs> they 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 said you know hey we see you're really into this guitar thing and it's great and and uh, they said well you can play as loud as you want in the house as long as you play music we like ah. so they they were very informative uh i learned very quickly if i didn't play you know all the classic rock hits that they loved. Uh, my amp got turned down very quickly.
0: <laughs> ah. and their preference of music was,
1: yeah, definitely. They they grew up in the '70s, so you know all the all those great bands, um, you know, Zeppelin and ACDC and Eric Clapton and you know the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and everything like that. So that that was all very formative and and definitely informed kind of my want to become more proficient at the guitar because all that music really heavily features. Uh, these virtuosic musicians who, you know, really, really knew what they were doing.
0: I remember seeing a live performance of Angus Young doing a whole lot of Betty mm-hmm. down in uh, down in South America. It was he was
1: bombing. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and absolutely loved just the fearlessness of everything about that. And it was it was cool too. I mean, as kind of a bookwormy kid um, growing up. Like, that was such a cool outlet in a way to, like, be very confident and to be on a stage and, like, let that kind of, like, feral part of you out.
0: So you could unleash the inter-Tim. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very much so. And that that was really fun and and still is fun.
0: Yeah, it's, it's nice to, to get this up day. there like that. How do you take compliments, Tim?
1: Uh, not well. <laughs> i noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... I... I appreciate so much um, all the successes I've had, uh, but it, it's always amazing to me that people want to listen to what I have to sing about or what I want to play. I'm I'm constantly in a stupor, really, mm. about that.
0: Well, my suggestion is that you just smile and say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes. A lot of people with uh, humble... I see you're kind of a humble guy thanks I, I try to be yeah try to be but you know what there's a big difference Tim between arrogance and confidence mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you've been around a lot of arrogant people
1: you do you do run into some egos especially um, yeah as a performer it's it's hard to that, that's not a light switch to have that person inside of you and it, it's it takes a lot of talent to be able to turn that on and off
0: Arrogant people, you want to shy away from. Confident people, people generally want to be with them and they will follow them. Mm-hmm. So when I was listening to your guitar solos and you were really ramming it up, I I, I saw a young man with brimming with confidence. Thank on you. Stage. Thank you. Are you a? Do you have a different persona when you're up there ripping it up?
1: Yeah, and it depends on the crowd too, who who comes. And I think that's kind of a big thing with practice. That's that's the part of it that's really hard for me is the the stage persona and and building that character Mm -hmm. uh so it is really nice that not that the guitar is kind of like taken care of or anything it is still very in the moment and very um conscious but to to be confident that that ability is good so that i can focus on that part of performing
0: for people to develop confidence it's it's quite an issue yeah because most people lack confidence yeah And, uh, you know, sometimes in the addiction world, Tim, we kind of view people as like Tootsie Roll pops hard on the outside, but soft on the inside. (laughs) And, uh, but I see that you're, I can catch on to people fairly quickly and it seems like you're an authentic, authentic person.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, I try to be, and that's, that's something that's really, um, yeah, it's really nice. And, and being a band leader now, that's something I always strive for is, to do what's comfortable, and even hiring uh, band members. This is what I always tell people is, you know, hey, we have these records and you're expected to come in and learn some of these songs to play, but you're always going to be the best version of you. Or even if we play another artist's song, you know, a, a cover song, you will always be the best version of you. You will always be a lesser version
0: of someone else. Well, I think you have that concept, you'll do your part. You expect others to do theirs. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely, and and to and to bring what's what's special about you to the table because you know that that other person that already exists they're they're touring around and they have their own band and people can pay to see them you know what what is the special thing that you do that nobody else is doing that that we can come and and makes people want to come and and enjoy? with you you think that is um uh, that's a great question uh still trying to figure that out and, and make it tangible um i think the thing that's really fun right now is um i love improvised music you know be that jazz or blues or rock or or any any genre um, and to really lean into that and lean into my ear and and do that on stage and to be really creative and genuinely uh, spontaneous i think that's really fun and exciting right
0: spontaneity. now. spontaneity Mm-hmm. spontaneity in life that's it that's it that what separates people from the mundane mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and I think that's that's what's unique we're really fortunate that we get to play a lot and get a lot of work um you know and especially after the pandemic that's welcome
0: we always <laughs> encourage and we always encourage people to celebrate their uniqueness and earlier on before we started recording we were talking about uh being a 20-year overnight success yeah Tell us us about that, Tim.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know of any stories or or very few that someone kind of showed up as a fully formed artist, maybe like Prince. Prince might be the only one actually I can think of that they, you know, when he started, he was a fully formed artist and had a vision and, and had everything. And that's part of what makes him so amazing. Uh, It's, there's so many things to learn and so, so many things you have to be aware of and be knowledgeable about in music or, or in any career. Um, it just takes so much time. You, just, you can't learn all that stuff and then process it all and figure out how to serve it on a silver platter so that people find it appealing. So it's all about that for, for me and I think so many other people. It's all about that incremental improvement. It's getting out there and doing it. And that's why I think it's really important to play so much. Um, And any young people or people starting out, that's what I always say. Just just get up there and do it Um, because you you won't you won't get that feedback. You won't begin to grow and learn until you you throw it out there and, and let people react
0: to it. On our last podcast, Tim, Mike and I were talking about life being like a video game and you play the game, you gain experience points and when you get a certain amount of experience points you level up mm-hmm. and when you level up you develop more skill in mm-hmm. playing the game yep but in order to level up you need to get experience points and in turn you get experience points you need to play the game which we come into practicing mm-hmm. you know we I'm not a huge football fan but I know that football games are not one in the locker room with the Xs and Os it's one out on the practice field yeah yeah i i think it's it's so important
1: to practice what you're going to do and be prepared because it is those, I mean, those special things happen whenever you can tap into that unconscious part of your mind when you're reacting to the world around you and, and not, you know, the, the, you kind of get rid of that PR time kind of goes down significantly. Those are always the most fun musical moments for, for me that i found is, you know, you're almost having an out-of-body experience, like it's just happening and you're you're a spectator of it.
0: We'll be back next week with our continuing conversations with our intriguing guest Tim Vitola, and at the ever, and at the every, oh my, and at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription: fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your TV, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself, and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself, and forgive another make beautiful choices and invite joy into your life until all are free till all are free none are free Namaste.
1: please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast if you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.